Have you ever known a person that lives by this model? What you see is what you get. I am who I am. I actually love these kinds of people because these people keep it real. They, what you see on, on one day is what you're going to get the next day. What you see in this moment is what you're going to get in that moment. And uh, kind of with that mindset, we are going to be starting a ministry in late February called Real Men. I believe that God didn't call men to be weak or flaky or indecisive. God called us to be leaders in our home. He called us to be leading our families in uh, devotions to God, in prayer, and all the things that the enemy is trying to steal from from men and trying to steal from our society. Uh, We are going to, to come together because all of us, all of us are not there. We all need the help of God to become those men that God has called us to become. And, and w- some of you women that are listening today, you guys are doing a wonderful job in pouring the things of God into your families. But, but we as men need to, need to rise up. And so I'm asking all the men, I'm going to be talking to my wife, I already have. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to use my man card. I know you have it tucked into one of the drawers, but I'm going to have to get my man card. And I'm going to have to go to these, these wonderful studies and be leading the way we're supposed to be leading. So I'm, I'm going to invite you to do so as well. For those of you that are online, we are going to be doing everything we can to provide an avenue so that we can get you connected as well and uh, be in prayer with us so that we can make this a reality. Uh, with that being said, I, I have to be honest. If there's something that can get under my skin, it's the great pretenders. You know the great pretenders, a, a person who will hug you and then talk about you. A person who will smile at you and then smear your name in the street. Or a, a, a person or people that get quiet when you come into a room uh, they are laughing, they're talking, and they get very uncomfortable when you come into their presence. The, the, the great pretenders, they, they pretend to be on your side, but actually, they're against you. Jesus uh, dealt with great pretenders. I, I'm reminded of Judas, who sold out the Lord of glory and betrayed Jesus Christ. And Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss. And maybe you have some people in your life that have, that have betrayed you. Maybe you've had some people in your life that have hugged you and then talked about you or maybe, maybe uh, kissed you on the cheek and then smeared your name on the street. But what I find out about God is that God's love is real. And when he loves, he keeps it real. And he calls us as his people to love and to keep it real. To, to be who we are, to be authentic, to be sincere. Now, all, every person, we fall short. No, none of us are perfect, but we should be striving to be those people who keep it real, who are, who are very sincere in the things that we do. And we've been going through, through Romans for more than a year now. And, and last week, we, we learned about how we put the practical side of our position with Christ into use. We, we, we learn from the Apostle Paul that we should be experiencing our God-given gifts. 
Every person has a gift, and, and those gifts are given to the, the, the family of God so that we can not only make ourselves better, but make people around us better. And when we're all using our gifts, it's a compliment to, to everybody. Our families are better. Our communities are better. But especially the people of God are better. Now, what we also learn as we go on to this week is that the gifts and love are hinged together. In other words, the gifts that are absent of love will puff us up. We'll say, look at me. Look at all the wonderful things that I'm doing. But when those gifts are hinged to the love of God and we keep it real, it makes a difference in everybody's life. And so I have three points, three points how, that will help us to understand how do we keep God's love real. The first point is this. Keeping it real means Genuine love. Now, the world pretends to love. And a follower of Jesus is called to love sincerely. In, in chapter 12, and, and, and as we follow the, 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 the thought of what the Apostle Paul is saying, in verse 9, he says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You know, as, as we go back to verse 9, the, the literal word for genuine or sincere in the original language was a word that means without hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite when you say you love someone. Don't, don't put a mask on. Don't act it out. I love how uh, the message paraphrase puts it. It says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. You see, the, the, the church which is God's people. The church is not a building, but the church is not a, a theater. It's not a play or a drama. In, in fact, Christ followers should be doing everything they can to avoid drama. And, and the way that you avoid drama is by keeping it real. People that are acting, people that are fake, live in a lot of drama. And you may be in a, in a work situation. You may be in a family situation where people aren't being real. They say one thing, but they live another thing. They, 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 they talk to you, and then they talk about you. And God has never called for us to be those people. We are not the great pretenders. He, he's creating real love in us. And, and God's love working in and through us has nothing to do with performance. And that's what pretenders do. Those people that are acting, those people that you watch in movies, they're acting. That's not who they are. And, and in, in real life, they're a different person. And, and us, as we walk out the purposes of God, we're not called to be actors. We're called to be real. We serve a real Jesus who helped people with their real problems, who delivered them from their real sins. And that's exactly what God calls us to do, to be, to be real people, not to be fake people. And, and the mark of a follower of Jesus leads us to do so. And there's another thing. There's, there's discerning love. 
Discerning love means we, 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 we always or we don't always call everything good. And you're not always going to be every person's favorite. Sometimes, sometimes we have to walk away from a situation because it's bad news. Sometimes we have to walk away from a relationship because it's toxic. Here's how uh, Paul put it. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Our walk with Jesus doesn't mean that everything around us and everything that people do is going to be things that we love. When we walk with Christ, there are some things that we're going to say, we're not going to go there. There are some people that we're going to say, that's not a good place for me to be. There are things that I did before Christ, before I ever walked with Jesus, that I actually hate now. The things that, that led me to, to, to not be the husband that I needed to be with my wife. The things that led me to, to, to not be the, the father that I needed to be to my children. The things that led me to be not the person that I needed to be in my community. So God calls us to discern. There's, there's good and there's evil. There's, there's, there's a God and there's also an enemy of the souls of us. When, when we keep it real, it, it's also not just about passive love. It's about love in action. I love how Paul puts it in, in, uh, in verse 11. And I love the way the, the message paraphrase uh, puts it down. It says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. I'm going to pause right there. <clears throat> have you ever just given and given and given and you have nothing else to give? You know, you give your love, you, you're giving that to, to the people around you. I and mean, in fact, there might be someone that's watching, maybe a wife, and, and you've given and given and given to your husband, or you've given and given and given to your children, and all the activities, and you have nothing else to give. Maybe you're single, and, and, and you've given to your career, and, and you've given maybe even to a relationship or other relationships, and, and you feel like everyone's taken from you, and they've taken from you, and they leave you depleted of the love that needs to fill your heart. It's exactly what, what the Apostle Paul is saying right here. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the Master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit. In hard times, pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. You see, the Holy Spirit stirs our hearts and our lives like a, like a flame will boil water and it stirs it up and every molecule is, is moving and stirred. That's what Jesus does in us. He, he stirs the love of God and that love continues to make us passionate about the things of God. But there are a lot of things that will try to burn you out. And I want to give you good news. God is here to fill your cup. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you with living water. He wants to fill you to, to, to overflow with the love of God. As we serve Jesus joyfully, we're expecting great things to happen. See, what, what happens is when, when you start to get burnt out, all the passion that you had, all the expectations that you have get stolen from you. They get ripped away from you. But what I know for sure is that God is always doing great things. No matter what we're going through, no matter what the season in life that we are in, no matter how hard 2020 was, God still did great things. The pandemic, 
has been an opportunity for us to share the love of God with the house of God and with the world around us. One of the one of the greatest things has been uh, that people, when when Sean and I were in a in a very difficult place when we were contracted COVID and we were down two months ago, uh, people brought soup and it refreshed our soul. And what we've done with it is we've been able to pay that forward. Uh, we've seen opportunity after opportunity to take care packages to people, not only in the church, but in our community, and to share the love of God with them. In one instance, we were uh, a week ago, we were in Tucson, and we stopped at one of Shauna's favorite places, Dutch Bros. And we're getting coffee, and we, we thought about this idea, this wonderful idea for us to go and pour some love into a family that was struggling with COVID. And so we took, we went, stopped at Olive Garden. We ordered some, some uh, a gallon of soup and we took it to the family. And we got this text back uh, a day later. It says, the soup was awesome. I can't tell you how wonderful you two are and how thankful we are for the two of you. I thought it was canned soup in the plastic basket. And I didn't look in the bag for a little bit because I would never had expected for you to get us a nice, hot restaurant meal. My listening skills were lacking. Sorry, Shauna. I was grateful for the canned, but you warmed my heart with that one. Thank you. And then she put a heart face. My husband was very excited as I haven't been the cook of the week or more, maybe. Laugh out loud. You see, these care packages were an inventive way for us to share the love of God. The second thing, keeping it real means loving with humility. It takes the humility of Jesus to love people who hate. And there will be those people in your life all the time. There will always be people that, 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 that instead of them giving us love, instead of them uh, maybe even giving us the care that we would love, that they give us the hate. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. He said, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. He said, God will bless you when, 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 when there's people that hate, understand that there's a blessing from God. But he also calls us to bless the haters in our life. And you can't do that being prideful. You cannot do that because when we're, when we're full of pride, when we're full of ourselves, we, we will say, I cannot believe they did that to me. I didn't deserve that. They should never have done that to me. But when we're walking in the humility of Christ, things change because Jesus served the people that hurt him. Jesus saved the people that put him on the cross. He forgave those that mocked him. And, and this is what Paul writes in verse 14 of chapter 12 in, in Romans. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil or repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Think about the people that celebrate your victories. They're there when you win. They're there when you lift up the trophies of your life. They're, they're there when you, when you uh, celebrate your accomplishments. And think about how that makes you feel. 
Think about the people who cry with you in the greatest struggles in life. Those that are by your side when you fail. They're there when you lose. They're there in the darkest places in your life. That's who God calls you to be. To let the Holy Spirit work in and through you. Because when we're those people, when we come along and we celebrate the victories, but we're also there to be there in the struggles and the defeat, it brings harmony into the community of faith. When you know that people are going to love you when you do well, but they're going to love you the same when you don't, it brings harmony to the community of faith. You see, there's something different in the church than there is in the world. In the world, when I walked there for 26 years, people will kick you when you're down. In the church, it's not supposed to be that way. In the church, it's supposed to be where we live out the purposes of law, of God. And when we, when we love people, when we're there for each other with the harmony of God. Here's the third point. Keeping it real means love, but guard your peace. You have to guard your peace. Because there's a lot of peace stealers in our lives. There's a beautiful verse in, in this passage, in, in verse 18, where, where God helps us with the people who are stealing your peace. And Paul writes this, he says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. He goes on in verse 19, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And one of the most freeing truths about walking in God's love is knowing that God doesn't expect for you to allow peace stealer to rob you of your peace. There are times when you have to say, I love you too much to let you steal my peace any longer. Jesus said this to his disciples as he, as he called them to, and, and sent them out to go and make a difference in the world, to, to lead others to the Savior, which is Jesus Christ. He said, if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. Jesus was telling them, he's saying, if you give your peace and people don't receive that peace, if they rob you of that peace, if they're not worthy of that peace, then let that peace return to you. Because if they're going to steal your peace, then you're not going to be able to walk in the fullness and the love of God that he's provided for each of us. And, and there, there's many times... There are many times and that, that, that people just continue to give their peace, to give their peace, and they're being robbed of it. And there's a time that you say, enough is enough. And, and don't try to take vengeance in your own strength, in your own abilities. Don't try to, to make them pay for, for what they've done to you. You have to make room for God because God will always repay things a lot better than what we could ever do. God does a better job of dealing with situations than we ever can. He calls us to take a step back and make room for the Holy Spirit to work 
in the situation, to work in the lives of those that maybe are hating, to work in the lives that, that maybe have been hurt. Because here's what I've come to find out. Hurting people hurt people. People that have been, that have been uh, uh, you know, hurt in their lives, that have gone through difficulties in their life, they're very difficult to deal with. But God is able to do what no person can do. And he, and he calls us that, that when, when our enemies, when those people become enemies of us, instead of us getting upset and taking vengeance in our own strength, feed them when they're hungry. When they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Love them with the love of God. And don't let the peace of God be forfeited as you do so. But we can't do that in our own abilities. We can't do that in our own strength. And maybe there's a person that's listening where you need the strength and the love of God in this time in your life. And, and, and maybe God has been speaking to you and you're ready. You're ready to, to, to jump in in everything that God has for you because you've come to a place where you don't have the love that you need. And, 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 and your family is, 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 is just really in chaos. Your, your situations are, are full of strife. You need God's love to fill your heart. And you cannot have that without saying yes to Jesus. And so if you're here and, and you're listening and you're watching and you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to invite you to, to, to pray with me and to invite the one that can change your heart, the one that can bring real peace, and the one that can change your life. It's a simple prayer. It's just, God, I need you in my life. I'm tired of trying to do life without you. So today I admit that I am a sinner. I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. And today I'm going to put my trust. I'm going to believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he went to the cross and died for all my sins. I, I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day. And today I confess him as my Lord and choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are a child of God. Today God has come into your life. He's come into your heart. And he's going to move like, like only he can move. He's going to produce love that only he can produce. And he can produce peace. And if you've done that, we'd love for you to put the hallelujah praise hands up so that we can rejoice with you. We'd love for you to maybe in the comments say, I said yes to Jesus. We want to celebrate that with you. And I may be speaking to someone else today. And you, uh, you're in a season where, where, where this message has spoken to you. You're in a place where, where you know that, uh, that you don't want to be the great pretender. You don't want to be acting out your faith. You want to be living out your faith. And if God's speaking to you, I also want to pray a blessing over you. For you to, to welcome this real love that God provides. So you can love and keep it real. So let me pray for you if that's you. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for every person that today is saying, I do not want to live a pretend Christian life. In fact, I want to embrace all that you have for me, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill my heart, fill my mind. I want to walk in truth. I want to keep it real. 
And so I just pray, Father, that you will just move in their hearts, move in their minds, and move in their lives, and fill them with the real presence of God. Let your word speak to their hearts as they open up the Bible and begin to read. Lord God, I pray that those words will just jump out at them and that they will really be able to understand the victory that you have for them. So I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God is wonderful. And we cannot live this life out in our own ability. We can only do it through the power of Jesus Christ. And so at Living Word Chapel, we want to be here. We want to be the, the, the church that comes along and celebrates the victories with you. We want to be the church that, that is there in the difficulties to strengthen you no matter what you're going through and love you in the process. We're a church that love, empowers, and transforms people through the living word because this is what changes lives. This working in us through the power of the Holy Spirit can do more than what we could ever do on our own. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And we pray that, that you will walk out the purposes of God.